Hey, everybody, it's your pal Jay Sweet here on my weekly mixtape. This week, we're taking our musical DeLorean back to 1955 and beyond. Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. Joining me once again as guest curator is my former Toon Styles podcast co-host, Mr. Jay Sweet. Jay, welcome back to the show, man. Hello, Brian. How you doing today? <laughs> and now not joining me is my former Toon Styles. <laughs> all right, all right. It's the Wolf Man. Well, Jay, I wanted to start with the fact that I received some feedback in regards to your last visit, which was episode 33, Songs You Didn't Know Were Covers. Philip Bergman, a longtime Toon Styles listener and now mixtaper, shared his disappointment at the fact that you and I went an entire episode together without mentioning board shorts. And I wanted to send my deepest and sincerest apologies to him. Good thing is, though, what is old is new again. So, Jay, you could wear those board shorts with pride again, sir. And I am. You just can't see it on camera. <laughs> well, tonight we're talking about a topic that's actually very near and dear to my heart because I grew up around classic cars and car shows because my father rebuilt several when I was growing up. And at these classic car shows, there were nothing but live bands that played a lot of 50s and 60s music, doo-wop, golden oldies, so to speak. And then also during these car shows, they had swap meets with various vendors who would be selling mixed CDs and cassettes from that era. And since I was always a music nerd, I always found myself picking up cassettes of oldies and doo-wop to jam out my car to and my Walkman on the way home. So I'll just go out on the record and say tonight, my bank of songs is pretty ridiculously large and this mixtape can go in many, many different directions. I'm kind of curious about what this topic means to you. Well, it's um, similar to your story. This is probably my favorite genre of music because uh, when I was little, my dad had, uh, I, I've, I've referenced my dad on, on several occasions, you and me talking, it was a musician, um, much like we are, and had a job, but did music as a hobby because he knew he wasn't going to, quote unquote, make any money at it. <laughs> <laughs> but what he did have in his collection were, there were a couple of things that I, I realized were gold. And I use that word with full intention of the golden oldies, was what, what we could consider the ultimate oldies mixtape which is the american graffiti soundtrack yes uh, from 1973 starring around howard and cynthia no city williams and uh oh good lord i just dropped uh, uh jaws guy richard dreyfus that's oh, what yeah. i'm trying to say yeah. <laughs> and harrison ford's in it as well but it, that movie was great it had some great cars in it and and some fantastic music and i think I'm drawn to that because of the uh, those records were being hanging around in my house. So the Grease soundtrack was the other one, also in the 70s, uh, 78, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, RSO Records, based on the musical of the same name, which centers around a group of late 50s greaser kids and 60s, uh, early 60s high school kids. John Travolta in the movie with Olivia Newton-John and a host of bit actors and actresses who went on to do bigger things as well 
Stocker Channing being one of them, who was in mm-hmm. an entire, what, arc of the West Wing, if I'm not mistaken, most recently. And she's done a whole lot of other stuff like that. But point being, that music is just, it resonates in my in my heart and soul. And, and it is probably, with all of the invention of the harmonies that, that, that came out of the late 40s, early 50s, with the four aces, the four lads, morphed into the rock and roll that we know from 1955 onward with greats like Bill Haley and his Comets, Little Richard, and those artists who took all heavily from those tight harmonies that they were singing on the street corners in major cities and minor cities all over America. I don't think there's anything that represents American rock and roll more than this era of music. And a fun fact about Greece, the original Broadway play was actually called Grasse, if you didn't know that. I did not know no, that. That's, I'm, totally, I'm totally lying. It didn't. <laughs> Let's get down to business. Tonight, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jay and I will be curating a Golden Oldies and Doo-Wop mixtape, and we're going to use that old cassette deck approach. Jay, as my special guest, will begin side A with his first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows up his choice. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out 10 songs for side A. We'll then give our mixtape a proverbial flip, and we'll map out side B, only this time I'll kick things off with Jay choosing second. Our overall goal for this episode is to craft the best golden oldies and doo-wop mixtape possible through only 20 songs. And at the end of the show, you could take our conversation to the next level by visiting the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com to give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. And if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend, leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or by becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. And a few of the Patreon mixtapers chimed in with what they would use to kick off a golden oldies doo-wop mixtape, and I wanted to shout a couple of those out. Jason Donches says he loves the mellow groove of Dusty Springfield's Son of a Preacher Man, but he could also go with Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum, And somewhere on that tape, he needs to hear the letter by the box tops. Cactus Pete chose the Dell Vikings Come Go With Me, with a second choice being the Five Aces version of the exact same song. Mally Hart chimed in with the Everly Brothers Bird Dog. And Sean Faust chimed in with Buddy Holly's Every Day, which is one of his favorite songs of all time. So, Jay, with that musical food for thought out in the atmosphere, I'm officially pressing the record button on our mixtape, and the floor is yours. Why don't you dive into the song you're choosing to kick things off tonight? I have the perfect song to open up a uh, rock and roll mixtape from this era, especially. It's going to be very poignant, and I think that Danny and the Juniors' rock and roll is here to stay. It's a great way to kick this all off. It hits you right in the chest, and it gives you kind of a good idea of what you're in store for on this magical ride. Absolutely love it, though I'm a little upset with you right from the jump because you already checked off a band now that I can't go back and use (laughs) because I had Danny and the Juniors at the hop on my list because to me, that was, again, you mentioned American Graffiti at the beginning of the show. That was a prime song on that soundtrack. And it's kind of an important song in the history of rock and roll because dick clark and the whole radio payola scandal happened around that tune which i thought was 
an important piece, but Rock and Roll is Here to Stay is a fantastic song. Danny and the Juniors are one of those quintessential harmony-driven groups, and I'm Absolutely. so glad that we we started off with that. And I think I know exactly what I'm going to follow it up with. And I'm going to bring the pace down just a little bit, but I'm going to get the heads bobbing for that second song. I want to get something that's got a little bit of a groove, bring in a little bit of that blues feel and a little bit of the angst of that era. A song that you can listen to now and go back and say, I see where modern rock and roll came from. And I feel like this is a song that really puts it on the map. And I'm going to go back to 1961 off of his album, Run Around Sue. I'm going to go with Dion. And a song that shockingly was not a number one hit, but is easily my favorite Dion song of all time. I'm going with The Wanderer. This song only reached number two, but it is ranked on Rolling Stone's 500 greatest songs of all time. So I feel like it got a mulligan of not being a number one hit because to me, The Wanderer is a classic oldie song. And I think it's perfect coming out of kind of the upbeat frenzy of rock and roll is here to stay and then it kind of gets people brings it down just a touch but still has that blues and rock groove to it to really keep this thing going so following you up i'm going with dion's the wanderer i like that a lot and i love the wanderer i had uh of course run around sue on my list um as well that again uh, was one of the first songs that i was exposed to from my dad's band when he was in uh, high school and then after i was born the professors and they did a great cover of that and actually sat down. Uh, I remember sitting down with my father at, at rehearsal and picking up my little solid gold plastic guitar with nylon strings. Right. <laughs> and uh, I what was I? Seven, I think six or seven. You were thirty five. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this was forty five years ago. Uh, no, but I was plucking out the notes for Runaround Sue at that age while my dad was playing that song. That said, The Wanderer is a, a phenomenal song and a lot of controversy surrounding Dion, you know, with the Belmonts. Having started out in New York City in, in the Bronx, in the Belmont section of, of what is the Bronx. And yeah, he had, uh, you know, they had some, if you watch A Bronx Tale, a lot of that is based on the music and in that area that uh, De Niro had kind of spilled out into uh, the fighting and the rock and roll rebellion, right? That started with the 50s and, and, and transposed right up into punk rock and modern rock. By all means. And now you have to follow up Danny and the Juniors and Dion. Hmm. Let's see. How about we go to a wonderful group of singerettes, if you will. I loved the song One Fine Day by the Chiffons with that great piano intro banging out and and when they remixed it to stereo it really really brought out that ringy piano intro so i want to put down there for track three we're going to go with the chiffons in one fine day great song written by the legendary carol king who covered it herself so love the pick great to see the ladies brought into this mix nice and early i love it hmm i'm scrolling through my bank of songs here and trying to think of how i could follow that up All right, I'm going to go with one that's going to be kind of controversial, I think. Okay. The band won't be for sure, but I think the song pick is going to be. This song was a top 20 hit originally recorded in 1961 by the Regents. However, 
1965, two years later, the Beach Boys took this song to number two. And it is not, I know everyone's going to think you're doing a golden oldies. You got to go good vibrations. No, no, no. I am going with Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys. And a fun fact on this one, Dean Torrance of Jan and Dean is actually the song's lead vocalist alongside of Brian Wilson. So it kind of checks off these two big bands of the era. And that song just has this feeling. It's on the Beach Boys Party album. It literally feels like they're all just sitting around on their various couches and sofas in a living room kind of just singing that song together. And the harmonies are so perfect and so wonderful. I know it's not the go-to Beach Boys song, but I feel like coming out of One Fine Day, it actually works. I agree with you. I think that is a fantastic pick. Beach Boys, of course, had a ton of great hits. You described it perfectly. Where they're sitting, If you think about them sitting in a room the way that that song was recorded, that they're all clapping along and snapping their fingers and having a party in their living room, right? Recording these great harmonies and the, this excellent... Um, and again, you mentioned the Regents, which is terrific, because that's the version you'll find on the American Graffiti soundtrack. Yes, yes, um, by all means. The, but the Beach Boys version, they took that song and it sounded like they, they just had a lot of fun just singing it in, in their living room one night. They were all hanging out with Dean and, and those guys and were like, hey, let's do this song. So uh, it sounded like they had a lot of fun re-recording that and made it one of their own. And you could go in any number of directions with the Beach Boys. You could go with Surfer Girl, which is a nice down-tempo number, but still keeps those great harmonies. In My Room is another great Beach Boy song, which I had on my list. And of course, Surfing USA. I think a Teen Wolf when he's exactly. up on top of the van. Yes, yes. Now, there's also a really fun video from the Beach Boys that I'll throw up onto the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com. It's a joke video that got put out years ago, and every time I watch it, it brings tears to my eyes. Somebody overdubbed a Beach Boys video and called it the Beach Boys Unplugged. Right. And it's just people singing really bad and out of key. Yeah. In terrible harmonies, clapping to the wrong beat, (laughs) and it is hysterically funny. So I'll post it up on my weekly mixtape just to give some people a laugh after you're done listening to this episode. But I'm throwing the proverbial musical gauntlet back to you for the next pick. Well, you know, uh, before I move on, the Beach Boys also had a great way to keep themselves relevant well into the 80s, having hooked up with the Fat Boys for their cover of Wipeout. And then Kokomo from the Cocktail soundtrack was, right, yeah. 1988? I think so. And then obviously the Fat Boys crushing that Wipeout video. So great. When I first played that for my parents, my dad's like, you know, this is, I said, I know the original. And he's like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of, he was not the biggest hip hop guy. He did have a soft spot for run DMC and the beastie boys. But Mm -hmm. outside of that, he wasn't the biggest hip hop guy. But when I played him, the beach boys and the fat boys doing Wipeout, he was a hundred percent on board with that. And then a song, maybe we'll talk about later. So I don't know if I should say it, but the fat boys, did the twist on that's right with chubby checker and louie louie on that same coming back Hardigan album that's right i had forgotten about louie louie actually Lua, Lua. <laughs> <laughs> i was listening to uh the chubby checker hookup with the twist also featured vocals on that re- uh, record too before he'd passed on yeah um let's go into uh some real soulful down tempo blues from there i want to bring in some fats domino with ain't that a shame 
Ooh. I do love a whole lot of love for you is another great Fats Domino tune. He was a fantastic blues pianist and had that really grovelly great voice that really worked very well with this era. Yeah, you definitely scooped me on the artist. I had actually, I will I will say it's the theme song because it was the theme song to the hysterically funny Steve Martin movie, My Blue Heaven. That was the song I had on my list because what is arugula? It's a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> such a good movie and such a great song. Yeah, it's an amazing song, but I, I love Ain't That a Shame. So what a great pick. And I think I know exactly what I'm going to follow that up with. I'm going to go up to 1964 for this one. This was a song written by Kenny Young and Arthur Resnick, and it was recorded by the Drifters. And to me, the Drifters are one of those bands that are so iconic in the doo-wop golden oldie scene because their songs, when you think about Up on the Roof and on Broadway, there's so much soul in those songs. But I have to go with the one being a New Jersey kid growing up and growing up by the beach, I'm going with a song that shockingly only reached number four, but has been forever embedded in everyone's hearts because it also ranks on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest songs of all time. I'm going to go with under the boardwalk because on a blanket with my baby is where I'll be. I love that song. I love the bass under the boardwalk. Like it's just such a wonderful, peaceful song and coming out of ain't that a shame. I feel like there's a nice vibe going there that, that really kind of follows where we're heading with this. Absolutely. The drifters had probably one of the best soulful low end in this era. I think of all of the groups that they really were able to nail down that deep, bassy blue sound that I think it kind of lent itself nicely back into the Motown, kind of dipped a toe into that pool and also firm roots in rock and roll as well. So, man, Drifters, you could, again, there's another one, like you mentioned, you could go in any number of different directions for tunes that the Drifters did. Up on the Roof is a fantastic song. I think from there... I can dovetail nicely into um, a little musical. It was a music review, I believe, called Smokey Joe's Cafe. And they did a nice cover of the title track to that song is uh, Smokey Joe's Cafe. But I'm going to go on to uh, Dozer Holland and Dozer, the triple threat of Motown, if you will. Mm -hmm. And you can go in any number of directions with this band as well. But I think you can't get any better than Diana Ross and the Supremes. And we're going to go with the fantastic come see about me Ooh, really nice pick and i'll just be honest i didn't put a ton of motown in my list because i know there's a future motown only episode of my oh, yeah. mixtape coming so i use this episode to kind of dive outside of motown a little bit but i absolutely love that you're going with the queen diana in this mix and that makes it a little tough for me because I have a lot of different directions I can go. I still have two picks on this side. So I think I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. Yes, even from Come See About Me by The Supremes. All right. I want to go fast. And I want to follow up one iconic music label with another. And Sun Records is a great place to do that. Yes, it and is. And here's another song. That didn't reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It was a number one hot country single, 
But when people hear this song, they do not think country music. They think that guy is ridiculous on piano. Some might even call him the killer. One of the greatest to ever tickle the ivories. Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire. It was, again, ranked by Rolling Stone magazine as one of the greatest songs of all time. It really is a monster rock and roll song. And the song became a hit again in 1989 because Jerry Lee Lewis re-recorded the song for the movie Great Balls of Fire, which starred Dennis Quaid. And Winona Ryder. Yes, and that song, again, came back into the limelight in the 80s. And a little fun fact, I talked about this over on Playlist Wars once, but I want to bring it into this episode because I do have a, a small nostalgia for old school wrestling. And Ric Flair started using his iconic woo because of the song Great Balls of Fire. Goodness gracious, Great Balls of Fire. Woo! And yep. that's where it came from. <laughs> that's fantastic. It's just such a iconic, fun song. And it definitely sets the bar to keep this pace going for the end of the side here. I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, Jerry Lewis, you nailed it. There are real solid performances on piano from this era, Jerry Lee Lewis being probably one of the most well-known, and we'll get into another one later, I'm sure. And I mentioned Fats Domino, and there's just a handful of really solid, what we call rockabilly, that came out of country music mixed with rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And I think Jerry Lee sums that up nicely. He, him, Elvis Presley dipped into that a bit as well especially with some of his middler stuff with the Jordanaires and a little bit of Patsy Cline as well, which is another fantastic artist that I'm sure will get mentioned more than just in passing on, on this side of the tape. Well, what you going to follow up Great Balls of Fire with? Ooh, let's see. So we went Sun Records with Jerry Lee. Uh, some great piano play in there. Let's go with some really kick butt blues rock. I like staying in the vein of this blues groove riff thing that we have going on. And I like a little bit of Eddie Cochran's Summertime Blues. Ooh. That song, again, was it held on well into the 80s, I think. Was it not used in the La Bamba soundtrack? Yes, but that version was by Brian Setzer, right? Yes, and, and Brian's orchestra covered that as well uh, as, as he did solo. And that song just endures for sure unbelievable track timeless track so many people cover that song you have joan jett you have alan jackson i mean countless versions of this song exist i feel like that's kind of one of those quintessential blues rock barroom stompers yep it's just such a wonderful song it's timeless it's absolutely timeless and i think to close out side a i'm gonna go with another timeless classic but first i want you to wait a minute and I mean, now way, yay, 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 a minute. Very nice. Isley Brothers, 1959. I am going to go with Shout to close out the side because we have a party going right now between Great Balls of Fire and Summertime Blues. And I want to keep that party going to the end of the side. And we've talked about our careers in radio over the years. This song, I think, was played on every single Z Morning Zoo across the country as the Friday morning 
Yeah, the wake-up song. It's almost the weekend wake-up song, right? right? It's synonymous with morning radio. And I loved it growing up because of that fact. It got you excited for the weekend. I remember Scott Shannon on the New York Z Morning Zoo. They would all sing over this song. And everybody was in the studio. You could tell it was a party happening. And then, obviously, in 1978, Lloyd G. Williams, otherwise known as Mr. Otis Day with the Knights, covered the song in National Lampoon's Animal House during the iconic toga party scene, which brought this song to another level of iconic because it is a film scene that is iconic in all of film history and a song that's iconic in all of music history. So I think it's the perfect way to close out side A. That is an excellent, excellent pick. And again, you scoop me on the song. But I also, uh, uh, the artist Otis Day in the Nights, I loved Shamalama Ding Dong, which mm-hmm. was another great. <laughs> Will Otis sees us. He loved us. <laughs> the, he still goes out and tours as yeah. Otis Day in the Nights That's awesome. now. And I've really wanted him to come around New Jersey because I would totally go to that. Absolutely. So that was another one of the records that my father had when I was growing up that I listened to nonstop. And that and the Blues Brothers, which was, you know, when I graduated high school and went off to pre-med in college, which you now as a radio DJ, you know how that worked out for me. Um, <laughs> but he made me a copy uh, when CDs started to be popular. He knew that I loved to drive around and I would go back and forth from Syracuse to New York City and made me a, a copy of his vinyl on tape. And I could listen to the Blues Brothers on the trip down from Syracuse to New York. Very, very nice. It was very cool. It was extremely cool. Well, there you have it, folks. Side A of our Golden Oldies and Doo-Wop mixtape, which consists of Danny and the Juniors, Rock and Roll is Here to Stay, Dion's The Wanderer, The Chiffon's One Fine Day, Beach Boy's Barbara Ann, Fats Domino, Ain't That a Shame, The Drifters, Under the Boardwalk, Diana Ross and the Supremes, Come See About Me, Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire, Eddie Cochran, Summertime Blues, and the Isley Brothers, Shout. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Now, Jay, I don't know if this was around the country, but I grew up listening with my father to CBS 101.1 in New York City. And I almost feel like you and I should have that extra reverb on our microphones. Do you remember? Yeah, absolutely. The, the amount of reverb. It sounded like they were talking into a toilet, but it was so iconic <laughs> because you knew what station you were listening to. Every DJ had that heavy reverb on their yep. voice and you knew it was... The classic oldies station. That's right. We had oldies 92.1 in Syracuse WSEN, which is now Dinosaur Radio. And they kind of, they're a really hot AC station. They do a lot of everything from 60s all the way up. Really, really, really good station. Some old friends of mine are DJs on that station still, uh, which is fantastic to see them still working. But when it was it was the oldies 92 format, they had the heavy, heavy reverb in there, overly compressed Yes. sound that you know yes. the, your vu meters are pegging in the red but you're not hearing any of that it's just really squashed heavy reverb sound it's and uh, cbs 101 if um memory serves they had a compilation cd set kind of like time yes. life music did for a while in fact a lot of that morphed into kind of uh radio and records promo type things right when new music was breaking that cbs 101 kind of pushed a lot of new artists on on modern radio. Yeah, and they also do the CBS 101.1 has a Christmas series mm-hmm. of the oldies for Christmas songs that comes out. And I have, I, I want to say seven or eight volumes of it because I love holiday music around the holidays and what better than get the classics from the 60s, 50s, oh, yeah. 60s, and 70s. But this isn't the Christmas episode. That's coming in due time. Right now, we are talking about golden oldies and doo-wop. So I'm going to try to start by kicking off side B on the right foot. And once again, I'm picking a song that did not reach number one in the U.S., which I feel like there's a theme going on here with the songs I'm picking, but it just so (laughs) happens to be true. However, it was a number one hit over the pond in the U.K., so the U.K. got it right. And this one's a little later than any of the songs we've talked about tonight. I'm actually going to go all the way up to 1968, which is still a long time ago. And it still falls under that category of golden oldies. And this was by an American group. So even more shocking that an American group gets number one in in the UK, but not here in the US. 
And I'm going to go with Tommy James and the Shondells with Moni Moni. Oh, fantastic. Perfect song to kick off side two. Obviously, for us kids who really grew up during the 80s, Billy Idol's version brought the song back into the spotlight and then also brought to the forefront the crowd provided call and response of, hey, say what, <laughs> get laid, get ass. Yes. And, that, and that became a thing at every wedding we've ever been to. Right. And then even more importantly, in 1988, Weird Al parodied the song as alimony for his album Even Worse. So to me, this song was iconic in many levels, in many decades, and definitely deserves a place on this playlist tonight. Definitely. And Tommy James and the Shondells was one of the first bands, I think, to really reinvent themselves with the times. I know you we talked about Aerosmith doing it, where they started off with that nice hard rock edge and kind of morphed into a pop rock sound top 40 rock sound and then jumped out of that and steven tyler dabbles in uh country music and blues mm-hmm. and they honking on bobo and and some really you know reinvention stuff to keep themselves relevant i think tommy james the shondells did the same thing as you get on up into the late 60s and the early 70s with the psychedelic stuff crimson and clover mm-hmm. just keeping themselves relevant even though that five guys on the street corner singing, you know, and snapping their fingers kind of went away a little bit, they maintained uh, relevance in the in the mainstream for quite some time. In fact, not too short time ago, Tommy James and Shondells are still playing. They were, well, at least Tommy James's was at the Syracuse Great New York State Fair this summer, and they were able to uh, uh, get on Dinosaur Radio, which I gave a shout out to. Awesome, awesome. And the one thing I will say is Crimson and Clover is one of those songs that I don't know if I would include it on a Golden Oldies mixtape. I feel like that would go more onto a classic rock absolutely mixtape. So that really does show the generations that they kind of crossed because Moni Moni definitely is a song you would hear on an oldies radio station, but maybe not so much butted up against a Led Zeppelin or a Pink Floyd, but Crimson and Clover, on the other hand, definitely does work with those songs. So you really, really hit the nail on the head in the fact that they were able to reinvent themselves musically and stay relevant. Yeah. All right. So now it's my turn to follow that up. Let's see. Moni Moni, the little dance vibe that we got going on here. Yeah. How about Junior Walker and the All-Stars with Shotgun? Funny story about that song. Every year, my parents are like, whatever you do, don't buy us any more CDs. We've got too many CDs, which I inherently disagree with because there's no such thing as too many CDs. (laughs) But alas, I got the speech last year. And then my father pulled me aside and goes, but... I have been trying to find a Junior Walker in the All-Stars Greatest Hits album for forever. So if you happen to stumble across one of those, (laughs) consider it an asterisk to our No More CDs clause. And sure enough, I was able to find it. And yeah, that song is such a friggin' classic. I absolutely love it. Yeah, and and that song for me, too, was when I was producing uh, morning radio on the talk side of things when I had jumped into news and talk radio using that song as bump music and it, it was really popularized again on the jock rock album the first one that came out ESPN's jock rock uh was featured prominently on that track at eight i think if i'm not mistaken don't at me because i don't know for sure <laughs> but that was the you know the mid 90s at that point and again we're talking about music now at that point was what 30 years old yeah by all means well i'm gonna stay in and around that area and i'm gonna go with what i think might be a 
deeper cut for this mix. It's not a deeper cut because it was a hit song, but it's not one that people normally think of with golden oldies. And this is another one that my father was a huge fan of growing up. And I heard endless times. And I feel like coming out of junior Walker, because I told that story about them. I feel like this is the next logical step. And in the throwback to our songs, you didn't know were covers episode. Here's a contender. If we ever did a volume two of that, this song was originally recorded in 1963 by Dick Holler and the holidays. And was re-recorded and became a big hit in 1966 by the Swinging Medallions. And I'm going with Double Shot of My Baby's Love. Wow. Yes. Apparently, and I did confirm this one with my folks before recording, this song was pretty controversial at the time in 1966. And a ton of radio stations banned it. And that's why people were desperate to get their hands on it because... Of the line, it was the worst hangover that I ever had, as well as the line, she loved me so hard. Those were considered ridiculously controversial. Man, how times have changed. For sure. But I will say in 2011, Better Than Ezra did a really fun cover of this, which you can find on streaming services. And this is one of those songs where it kind of goes against the doo-wop sound because there was not a lot of harmonies in this song. It was just six guys singing the entire verse and chorus together at once without harmonies. They literally were all singing the same notes. So it gave it this gang vocal approach to this style of music. And I looked on YouTube They're still performing this song to this day with the dances and everything else. And it's just such a fun party song. To me, Double Shot of My Baby's Love is this side's Barbara Ann. Fair enough. I like it a lot. It's a that is a very deep cut. And I think that I I have the perfect way to follow that up with uh, you know, following up controversy. Let's go with Bobby Fuller and I Fought the Law. Ooh. Push some envelopes. And this is the uh, Eddie Cochran of this side of the tape, I think, right? You've got that really great jangly blues riff, but you've got the edge of what would eventually become, you know, punk music, punk rock music. Oh, my God. Pushing back against the establishment. John Cougar Mellencamp did it with the Authority song in the 80s, and it, it just keeps going. You could lay down that track today, and it would still hold up as the song was written. By all means, and then obviously you have to acknowledge the Clash's version of that song. You have to acknowledge Mike Ness of Social Distortion's version of that song. You have to acknowledge Green Day's version in the 2000s version. So right there, I just covered the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Between the Clash, Mike Ness, and Green Day all covered this song, and it was always a big deal every time it happened because Bobby Fuller's embrace that punk rock essence all the way back when early influences for sure by all means and following that up jay i feel like our mixtape seems to have an absence of a certain ornithological piece what do you mean maybe like a headline regarding a mass awareness of a certain avian variety i'm not sure what you're talking about brian oh have you not heard no it it was my understanding that everyone had heard 
Heard what? No, Brian, don't. A walla 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 umma mao mao and mao ma I know I brought up the Family Guy skit, but that is probably my so favorite good. Family Guy episode ever. Definitely. I love Surfing Bird. As a kid, this was one of those songs when I was really, really young. This song got me excited about music because it was so silly. It sounded like a kid's song. Yeah. So when my parents would play it, I always thought, hey, they're playing children's music for me. No, they're playing the Trashmen. Yep. And this song is so much fun. And then again... We have to go back to the 1980s for this one because in 1987, in the Back to the Beach movie soundtrack, Paul Rubens, who sadly just passed away, covered the song as his Pee Wee Herman character That's for right. that movie. I forgot. I had the 45 of it. That's fantastic. It, it was amazing. So I simply had to include Surf and Bird into this mix tonight. 100%. You got uh, groups like the Trash Men and the Rivingtons with Papa Uma Mao. Songs like that show up on novelty records. The Dr. Demento Show, which had put out compilations of wacky and demented songs that one would consider novelty songs. My uncle had a eight-track of not necessarily Dr. Demento stuff, but stuff with the Trash Men on it. Had uh, Ray Stevens, The Streak, and some really great songs. Nervous Norvis. And, mm -hmm, and those mm -hmm. kinds of wacky songs, but they were still literally like written songs that weren't necessarily written to be novelty songs. It's just, they're a cult classic. By all means. Oh my goodness. So where do we go from the trash bin with the surfing bird? <laughs> uh, let's bring it back into the, uh, the surf. We'll keep the surf theme going and we'll, we'll bring it back to beach rock. And uh, we'll talk about a band that you mentioned a little earlier when we were talking about the Regents and the Beach Boys. And we'll talk about Jan and Dean's Dead Man's Curve. The drums on that song with the harmonies on the high. Those are so great. And, the, and just the rocking drum fills that he's doing in between the loops of the chorus are so good. I usually get chills when I, when I hear that song because the song subject matter is, is pretty cool. Talking about drag racing. And I grew up in upstate New York. In Syracuse, there's a place called the 13 Curbs, and there's mm -hmm. a legend that a, a young bride was killed at 13 Curbs, and she stalks that road. And that Dead Man's Curve always brings to mind that legend to me. Awesome song. You scooped me on the band because I had, going back to, again, the cars that my father rebuilt, one of the ones he built was a 66 GTO. So I had my mighty GTO by Jan and Dean on my list, of course. So you scooped me on that one, but Dead Man's Curve is such a great song, so I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> All right, now it's your turn. Scoop me. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to slow it down a little bit here because we've been, we've been doing a lot of fun stuff, a lot of upbeat stuff, and I don't think I could get through a Golden Oldies mixtape without one of my favorite ballads of all time in any decade. And I am going to go back to the American Graffiti soundtrack because this is that's the album I discovered this version on. And the song was originally recorded in 1934 for the movie Dames. But the version I'm going with is the Flamingo's 1959 massive hit, I Only Have Eyes For You. It only reached, again, not even a top 10 hit, only reached number 11. 
But this song is absolutely iconic, and it ranked on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time for this very reason. It is an absolutely beautiful, stunning, gorgeous song. It puts a smile on my face. It relaxes me when I hear that opening. The vocals are just so warm and welcome. It's such a beautiful, romantic song, but it's also just so well produced. The harmonies on it, really, you listen to the layered harmonies. There's no auto-tune in this song, folks. These are guys standing around a single microphone making that magic happen. And this song is just the perfect snapshot of what a beautiful love song should be. So I'm going with the Flamingos, I Only Have Eyes For You. That's a fantastic pick. Used, I mean, there's another one of those songs that stands up to all generations that was most recently used in a commercial mm-hmm. for Alexa, if I'm not mistaken, right? Amazon Music? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Amazon owns everything, right? So it's yeah, got to be. <laughs> right, at this point. But it was also covered by Carly Simon. And I mean, just so many covers of that song as well. That real slow piano in the background. Shabop, shabop. It's great in the four-part harmonies. I love that song very, very much. Can't argue with that at all. All right, let's see. Let's ramp it back up a little bit. And I think I'm going to go with a group that is my all-time favorite band out of this era uh, group. And I'm going to tie it into your New Jersey roots and the Jersey boys. We'll talk a little bit about Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. And I love the song dawn that's another one of those great harmonies with rock and drum track and we picked it back up a little bit i know as i said we'll we'll ramp back into this so we're gonna we're gonna run right back into the high tempo and and just uh those screaming four-part harmonies i wish i had a hangnail's worth of frankie valley's vocal talents my voice goes pretty high as you know yes but i just short of of steelheart territory and frankie valley territory i mean we Um, could try i could line up and kick you as hard as i possibly can to see if that gives you that little something extra extra. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i mean and again frankie valley is one of the most enduring artists of that time you could go a hundred different ways you actually scooped me on the band obviously i had big girls don't cry i also had sherry depending on where the playlist was going. If I had room, I wanted to go with either or. Clint Eastwood did such an amazing job on that movie. That movie was so well done. Look, I did not know that era. Mm -hmm. So I'm basing it off of what others who lived in that era said, this movie is worth the watch. And he really did a fantastic job with it. Absolutely. And the casting was fantastic. If you haven't had a chance to see the musical when it was on Broadway. It's touring America right now. But man, the kid that they had playing Frankie Valley was so good. Like you could just close your eyes and the kid you're seeing a young Frankie Valley without question vocally. And then in and the story behind that. Sure, is there a little artistic license in there? Absolutely. But it's something that I think I referenced at the top of the show with the Bronx Tale. And it kind of talks a little bit about the angst. And the violence that kind of came along with this genre of music. By all means. And now you went with an iconic artist here. I mean, Frankie Valli is an icon of music. 
And I feel like I can't take a step down from that. And I have so many iconic artists still left over on my list that the guilt is creeping in because I'm going to pick one and I'm leaving off at least two or three that I think is a crime that we haven't gotten to tonight. So I feel like a volume two of this episode is an absolute must because there are so many artists that we are going to leave off of the table that deserve to be talked about. So I am booking you mid show for a sequel to this one because there is just way too many songs left, but I think trying to stick with the level of iconic that Frankie Valley brings to this, there's only one place I can go and that's to 1957. And I have not talked about Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller yet. Two of the people most responsible for, I don't know, pretty much every massive hit of that era. Not Obviously not all of them because we've talked about a bunch. But the fact that I haven't mentioned them tonight yet is just a crime. It's criminal. It's criminal. <laughs> and I want to apologize for that. But I'm going to go with a song that was a number one smash hit in the U.S. I haven't done it yet tonight, which is ridiculous. And I want to remedy that from the 1957 soundtrack of the same name. I'm going to go with Elvis Presley's Jailhouse Rock. Also included on the Rolling Stone list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame named this song as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Absolutely spot on with that. It really did. You think of that opening. Bow, bow, ta. Like, that is iconic. So following up Frankie Valli, I think this works. And it's, again, the end of the side. You want to get the party going. And as an 80s guy growing up, 1987, Girls, 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 Motley Crue, closing song, their live version of Jailhouse Rock. So even yep. in my metal, 80s metal phase growing up, when that's all I listened to, I was still getting doses of the 50s and 60s through bands like Motley Crue that were revisiting these songs. So I am following up Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons Dawn with Elvis Presley, Jailhouse Rock. We had to talk about Elvis. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic pick. Elvis is another one. I mean, probably, you know, mentioning that his responsibility, his part in the rock and roll movement cannot be denied if he's not the original step, the first step, primary step in the rock and roll history. He certainly is high up on that list. And again, another being another artist who completely reinvented himself as the uh, decades rolled through. He had his gospel years. He had some rockabilly. He had country. He had rock and roll. And then he went into disco a little bit with Huckaburn and Love. Even Viva Las Vegas had yep, a little Viva bit Las of that. Vegas, yeah, it had a little, little bit of that. conversation. Yep, yep. And he had a little bit of, uh, of the crooner in him, too, with the big anthems like Suspicious Minds. Mm-hmm. You know, those songs are just unbelievably iconic in their own right, for sure. He's in a class all by himself. There's no question about that. Yeah, I had two songs from Elvis in my list. I also had another one that might have come earlier in the night, but I feel like it wasn't as massive of a hit. But Return to Sender was another oh. one of my absolute favorites by him. But coming out of Frankie Valley, I had to go with the massive crowd pleaser to kind of close out my part of side B. So Jailhouse Rock edged out Return to Sender ever so slightly, but love both songs. 
Fantastic. All right. So we've got a little iconic history going on here. We've mentioned some big names. We've mentioned Dozer Holland Dozer early on. You just mentioned Lieber and Stoller. And I'm going to bring in somebody that we haven't mentioned yet. It'll be criminal if we don't mention on this mixtape as well. And that is one Mr. Phil Spector. And the wall of sound that he created is probably one of the best known effects in recording history. Uh, music recording to the point where Phil Collins actually capitalized on that wall of sound in his creating his drum sound for the 80s at post Genesis and beyond. And I want to go with Ronnie Spector and Be My Baby. Ooh, huge hit. Love yeah. it. Starts off the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, another iconic scene where they're all the black and white dancing, and then it morphs into the color. As the movie goes on, and again, 1963, um, it was a big year in American history, and it was a big year in global history. It was the year that JFK got assassinated. It was, you know, the world was on a precipice of change, and I think that the music kind of reflected a lot of that. 100%. And obviously, look, Phil Spector has had a tumultuous history towards the end, but not going down the TMZ route of things and just looking at his contribution to music, yeah. nothing else, you have to give respect to it because it really did change the face of music forever moving forward. And man, that guilt has officially set in big time because there's so many groups we haven't talked about. So I want to apologize to every mixtaper listening because I know you're sitting there going, how the hell did you guys not bring up blank? <laughs> so why don't you follow up with me by reaching out on social media or hitting me up at myweeklymixtape at gmail.com and letting me know some songs you think should be included on this mix. And then Jay and I will maybe include them on volume two because there will be a volume two for this one for sure. At least. At least, <laughs> by all means. I mean, look, WCBS FM, I have eight Christmas oldie CDs by them. We've got volumes and volumes of this topic that we can go down. Sure. But for tonight, side B, we kicked off with Tommy James and the Shondells, Money Money, Junior Walker and the All-Star Shotgun, Swinging Medallions, Double Shot of My Baby's Love, Bobby Fuller's I Fought the Law, The Trash Man's Surfing Bird, Jan and Dean's Dead Man's Curve, The Flamingo's I Only Have Eyes for You, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons Dawn, Elvis Presley's Jailhouse Rock, and Ronnie Spector's Be My Baby. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all of the songs we've discussed tonight through the playlist embedded on the episode page. And Jay, once again, always a pleasure, my friend. Looking forward to a volume two on this one in the very near future. Oh, absolutely, my friend. I appreciate you having me on again. And uh, as the Wolfman would say, oh, oh. <laughs> and I'll go with Ric Flair's Woo! There you have it. Amen to that. And I want to thank all the mixtapers for tuning in to My Weekly Mixtape tonight. Remember, you can find My Weekly Mixtape on all the social media haunts at My Weekly Mixtape. You can also head to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to check out the full catalog of My Weekly Mixtape episodes. Finally, if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, enjoy the tunes.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.